You're listening to High Shelf Gaming. High Shelf Gaming is a podcast where David and Rich discuss tabletop gaming. Everything from board games and role-playing games to gaming conventions. They provide reviews, strategies, tips, and house rules to enhance your gaming and convention-going experience. Hey everybody, David here with High Shelf Gaming, part of High Shelf Collective, and as always, I am joined by the gelatinous Rich. Oh, why don't you go with such an easy word? I know what gelatinous is. I got a cube. I got like five cubes of the gelatinous. They like totally suck up all your armor and all your weapons and they destroy you, Dave. That was just too, Dave. How do you, how, how, I'm, do, you, I'm right, how do you fight a gelatinous cube? How do you fight a gelatinous cube? Yep. Well, as a dungeon master, I don't fight gelatinous cubes. <laughs> You have no idea how to beat a gelatinous but cube. You don't if care. I had to beat a gelatinous cube, I would do it with fire. Is what mm, I would utilize. Okay, okay, okay. Well, there you go. Hot tip for the for those who are facing their first gelatinous cube later on today. Uh, and joining us um, for the first time, as far as the audience knows, Jason Cordova uh, from the Gauntlet community and also author of Brindlewood Bay. Jason, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you back. Uh, hi, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, and I say have you back because uh, we had some technical difficulties at one point, and our recording service decided that Jason, you only deserve to have two minutes of your audio recorded. <laughs> it's probably it was probably for the best. <laughs> I don't, it was so good. We felt so good. But yeah, it was we probably were... really two minutes of me talking about the word of the day. <laughs> it's really what it was. So that's really shitty. We didn't get anything. <laughs> We're 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 doing we're doing it again. We're doing it again. So, folks, if it you know the energy is right, the energy is right. So, Jason, uh, thank you so much for for coming back yeah, uh, and, yeah. and being here with us again. And just to introduce you to the audience, for those who don't know you, I mean, honestly, you're way more famous than we are. But for those who don't know you, uh, where where do you come from? Where where how are you in the gaming scene? What do you do in the gaming scene? Yeah, I am the founder of the Gauntlet Gaming Community, which is an online game community focused on indie and small press tabletop role-playing games we have uh we have a big online game calendar we have podcasts and we do publishing as well and right now our our game that is going to kickstarter is probably on kickstarter by the time this comes out is uh brindlewood bay so yeah that is so exciting so here on our show we have played brindlewood bay we do that around the holidays somehow or another we like to do it around the holiday season just feels like yeah, i could see that it's, it's yeah it, it makes sense. And, and it's been around for like two ish years right. in like kind of a lightweight form and you're about to launch the kickstarter for the full weight game with like additional rules and all that kind of stuff right is that kind of uh, correct yeah it has it, the, yeah it's basically going from a 40 page digital uh, kind of like zine basically to mm-hmm. a full uh, roughly 150 ish page book with um, mysteries and uh, different support materials and ex- slightly expanded rules and revised rules. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, last time we chatted, I did not know there was going to be some revisions. That's incredible. That's great. Yeah. yeah it, the, the 40 page zine approach is really great. Like, I don't know if anybody all have ever done this, but the like zine quest on uh that that kicks off and there's a bunch of rpgs that come out every year and they're all these like little ashcan style games like that's such a wonderful way to like get introduced to a new concept or play a new game 
And the fact that you guys released Brindlewood Bay in this format made it super accessible to us, right? I mean, we we saw it, we fell in love with this whole concept. Uh, we'll get into this later, folks, but it's just such a darling of a game. And the way that you went oh, to market you. with yeah. it was so easy for us to jump into it and just fall in love with that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it's really interesting that you kind of came from this community of players, the Gauntlet. You, you guys are playing like hundreds of games or a hundred something games a month right i yes, mean it's like yeah. this huge huge community and it's funny like i people come to us because we're like big in the cyberpunk scene and people okay. come to us saying hey we were putting together a gaming group or a gaming community that kind of thing and like have y'all looked at the gauntlet for some inspiration because you all have awesome safety tools really good guidance really good documentation like just go look at what they're doing and it's wild how few people know of the gauntlet but you guys are huge. Yeah, it's um, you know, we are well known in our lane. I think it's just yeah. a small lane, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but within that lane, we are well known. Um, yeah, we we do a lot of stuff over at the Gauntlet. I, I'm actually myself. I haven't been involved in the community side of it actually for a little while now. Hmm. Um, I've been so focused on the publishing things, but um, but yeah, they on the community side they run like 100, 150 games a month. Um, wow all kinds of different systems we actually have this really tremendous resource that we've been putting together since like 2016 or so which is um it's like online play aids like bespoke online play aids that we've created for over 500 games so if you want to play a game online especially an indie rpg online there's a really good chance that our folder has the stuff you need to play it and um and that's totally free. That's just like a service we provide to the hobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, the, uh, yeah. The idea, so, of, yeah. the idea of like giving back to the community in that way is so wonderful. Like I've looked through your player aids for, as well whenever I'm trying to understand a new game. Mm. And it's so helpful. So I'm glad that you all put that together. And I've yeah, seen that thing yeah. crop up. Like other people reference it. Yeah, so, people use it. There, there have been academic articles done on that folder, actually. Like that wow. folder. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like that folder is a like – um you know, we were like really heavily into online play before the pandemic, but once the pandemic hit, yeah, it was a huge resource suddenly for a lot of people who didn't realize that their gaming was about to become very online, you know? Right. And right. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, that we do, uh, we were the, some of the earliest, biggest proponents of like uh, table culture and safety tools uh, in play and that kind of thing. So the gauntlets had a big impact on playing but also like through our podcast just the way we sort of shape the conversation and so yeah um but it is it is a kind of it is still kind of an under the radar sort of thing though you know like right. if you asked 10 people 10 rpg fans in a room probably only one of them is going to know what the gauntlet is right? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna ask how did yeah. the gauntlet all start how did that all come together that's a great question yeah so i um had moved to Houston in the year 2013. Oh God! And I was just getting back into role playing games. I had so taken hot. a few years off. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so humid. It's so, I, we're both from Texas. So terrible. Like, when you stay Houston. We have we have strong feelings it's, about it's the, 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 yeah. the great Houston. food. Some of the best amazing food in the, in the world. Yes. Yeah, Houston has Houston. an amazing restaurant scene. It does not get enough credit for that. Austin it gets does. all the credit for its restaurants, but Houston has an amazing restaurant scene. Um, but no, I had just I was just getting back into role playing games after having taken like a eight or nine year break mm -hmm. and I was really interested in these like 
kind of like smaller games I was discovering online. That's what was kind of drawing me back into it, you know? And yeah. I, but I had just moved to Houston because of my job and I didn't know anyone. And so I was looking for somebody to play these games with me. And so I went to, uh, to Google plus RIP. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Holy and smokes. That's, plus, you're baby. dating yourself now. Uh, well, uh, that's, that may not be the first time today, tonight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you haven't asked me my, my origin story yet in games. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get um, there. <laughs> yeah. So, and so basically I found this group on Google plus that was called the gauntlet. Um, it was not the same entity that it is now, but it was just a little community that was focused in Houston. It was not active. It only had like 20 members. Mm-hmm. And, I just posted, I was like, hey, look, I'm really interested in playing these games. Like, is there anybody who'd be interested in playing them? And uh, this one guy got back to me pretty quickly and offered up his uh, his office at the business business park he works at. The business park that, so we would be on Fridays, and this business park would turn off the air conditioning on Fridays oh, after... No! <laughs> After business hours, and so we were in this sweltering hot office playing, uh, playing Jason Morningstar games, and uh, yeah, oh it was, but it was a great time. And people had to want to be there. They're yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm braving this. This is, this is the scene for me. Well, it was exciting, you know. Like you can yeah. put up with a lot when you're getting to do something really like exciting. We haven't done in a long time, and it really is kind of, you know, really kind of what you're really focused on or whatever at that time. Um, but yeah, it's, so. I, I want to like pick out one thing that you say in here, like you were interested in these like indie games, these small press games. And I very much so am as well. And what I found was that I could find people to play Pathfinder or D and D all day long, but to find someone who wanted to play some like Ashcan, you know, zine style game was next to impossible. So we like literally made this community high shelf collective so that we got to play other games besides D and D or Pathfinder, yeah, yeah. and it's wild to me that you went through the same kind of path of like I'm interested in these games. How can I find people to play this? I have to forge a community. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to build it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. At that time in 2013 and 2014, when I was really getting going, um, that was pre five E. So like it was just oh, Pathfinder yeah. basically. Pathfinder is kind of the only thing you could find, you know. All Pathfinder yeah. all day. And, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! D and D fourth edition. Stop. Oh come on! <laughs> fourth ed was well in the grave by then. Yeah. I, so. um, I think like, it started in the grave. It was like yeah, yeah. Well, POA yeah. as far as the industry was concerned. I I, I never played it, so I don't know uh, because I that was when I was that came out when I was not doing RPGs, but um. Hmm. But yeah, so, but like one day a week became two days a week, became three days a week. Um, yeah, it started to expand. That's cool. It expanded, yeah. And and the Houston group still meets every every week. Um, no, so have, that's great. Yeah, they have like a, um, the Wednesday is the big night when they have like five or six tables going at once, you know. Wow. And, um, and in terms of like meetup membership, we started to eclipse a lot of the Pathfinder groups, you know, so uh, after a couple of years. And so, yeah, it just sort of, it was just a love of these games that kind of brought people together. And, and it was stuff that like, honestly, like the only, like only me and like two other people were actually advocating for these really specific small games, you know, but we sort of taught everybody like, Hey, look, this is why these games are awesome. Like, yeah, this is, let's, let's try this out. I know it's unusual, <laughs> but give it a shot. And I... that's how we started to develop like our, our sort of like 
the tools that we now use every day to like set expectations before we play. That's how we got safety tools involved. Like we just started to develop our processes, you know, for like explaining games to people and getting yeah. them on board with it, it, you know? And just to give you some props here, like talking about safety tools, session zero, setting expectation, managing expectations as they shift throughout a game, like that stuff you guys were doing for a while before that became like a popular conversation piece. Cause I remember when we were forging our original community, I was like, yo, they're doing something over there that is special and unique and I'm not seeing it anywhere else. And now there's safety tools, you know, everywhere and everybody's talking about it. But yeah, yeah. like you guys had some secret sauce before it was really well yeah, publicized. We're really proud of what we call, we call it gauntlet play culture. I mean, that's, mm. that's what we call it. And if, and if you, it is a, you know, it's a play culture that's slightly insular. Like we, we don't like really aggressively go out to find new players, but people find us and we welcome them whenever they do. Um, but within that culture though, we, we like, when I say gauntlet play culture, like everyone knows what I mean, right? Like, right. you know what we're talking about, right? Um, it's this, it's a certain type of expectation of like, I'm going to sit down. This is going to be a pretty collaborative experience. It's not going to be one GM dispensing the story to me. Uh, it's... <laughs> I'm a passenger while this guy <laughs> right, narrates yeah. his world's um, best novel to me. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it means something when we, when we all kind of sit down and, and I do think that a lot of other groups and a lot of other like publications even have like taken some of those like techniques and uh, that style of play that, um, that we popularized within our own spaces at least and sort of taken it and kind of made it into you know what, what they do and i think that's terrific i mean that is really you know i um now that i'm in publishing uh and i have to sell things i've got this like mantra which uh came comes from uh rupaul <laughs> and the mantra yes. is yes the, mantra, the best mantra ever yeah the mantra is someone turns 18 every single day and what that means to me is every single day someone discovers an indie rpg every single day someone looks for something other than DD. every yep. single day someone just discovers the hobby in general right yeah. and so i always um we never approach like the games we publish or the way we organize our community we never approach it like you know what is what like it's always like onboarding new people you know we never make any assumptions about what people know um, right yeah and so, I think that's how we've managed to kind of stay relevant you know so. yeah there's that sense in like even in the early editions of of Brenda Wood Bay of like what is a role-playing game what are you really doing here you know what what is what is this thing that you're doing and there's this sense I get from your earlier publications and in, in talking with you a little bit that kind of your view of what we're doing at a role-playing game and this is something that we share we've had some some episodes about this concept of when you're sitting down at a role-playing table, you kind of alluded to this earlier and say, we're not just sitting here so the GM can like talk their story to us and we are like passengers. Right. Yeah. This is like collaborative storytelling a la sitting around a campfire in yeah, early humanity right. where we just yeah. tell stories Absolutely. to yeah. build community and build, you know, you know, those connective fibers between people. And I, I think it's really remarkable that you guys see that and 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 push that you can see that in brindlewood bay we're going to get into that in a little bit but you can see that ethos in what you're producing yeah and you know we we do little things that like i think are um i wish more games would do you know even you know like brindlewood bay and my other game the between 
they have a scripted session one, right? Like you, mm-hmm. like the introductory procedure. All you, like, even if you, um, like if you're like nervous, you've never run a game before, or you're just nervous about running this game, or you're just you're feeling a little unsure. There's like a few pages in the back of the book that, if worst case scenario, you can just read that, <laughs> and <laughs> it'll give you a chance to kind of be on stage for a little bit while you're reading off the material and 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 but you're conveying important information about the game to the players. You know, it, yeah. it's that kind of thing. And for us, especially when we started to move into publishing. It was all about like, well, okay, probably unlike a lot of other publishers, we play an incredible number of games, right? We have so many games under our belt. And we, and even now with publishing as my full-time job, I still run four games a week. You know, wow. like it's important to me. I still run four <laughs> games a week. Because, so much. Because when play do you is sleep? Like, yeah, play is like super important. And like, and so I, we try to like take that, like that play culture and codify it and systematize it so that, you know, it's like we know what works at the table because we do it so much. And so how can we how can we put that in the rules? You know, yeah. how can we like how can we like support other people to have those same kinds of And by the way, that's really great yeah. stuff. I see every week on Facebook, on Reddit, on some place like that that I'm at where TikTok. someone goes, I TikToks and someone's <laughs> like, It's my first game. And right. what do I do? I want to be a DM. I want to do right. this. Anybody got I'm advice? DM. The yeah. Twitter feed where they're like, anybody got advice for a first time DM? It's like, boom, thousands oh, of comments. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh boy. Oh boy. But having it someplace where they can just read it at the back to get that experience to try, yeah. they just need to push, man. They just need to push in the right direction. Well, this is, this is really interesting. So in... Uh, we have this procedure that is required at the top of all of our games in the gauntlet that we run. It's like a mandatory thing you have to do. Um, and it's called CATS. And it's like a settings, it's an expectation setting thing. Uh, this, it's an acronym. It stands for concept, aim, tone, and subject matter, right? And it conveys important information about the game, and that's great. But the reason why the reason why we make every GM do it is because when you're doing the CATS with the group, it's like... It's your it's your time to be on stage and to get the to get the nerves out right like like we yeah. discovered that really early we're like they the GMs will have an easier time of it if they kind of ease into it right and especially mm-hmm. for newer GMs and so it, we just have so many like little things like that that we've just developed over the years and um, and now we're putting them into the games and it's really exciting it's a, it's a part of the game development process that I really love you know because I I want our games to be played this is not like yeah. a theoretical thing for me um, I I love that people buy books because they just want to have them we love those people <laughs> um, and, the, and that's great but we would eventually hope you would play it so yeah it I want to say that like the first session of Brindlewood Bay unlike any session I've I've played Okay. As a starter session, and and the reason why, so folks, when you when you pick up Brindlewood Bay, if you go and get the the online edition now, or if you pick up the Kickstarter, the yeah, character creation, right now, so, yeah. yeah, the character creation is so interesting because your premise, you're playing like you're playing like Murder She Wrote plus Golden Girls plus maybe a little bit of Scooby Doo. Right, like yeah, investigate it a little, bit, yeah. a little yeah. bit, you know, and it's just one of these things where it's like you're playing this like woman of a certain age, right? And that's not something I have ever like played in a game, right? But now all my co-players are playing this premise. In this first session, folks, there's this moment 
when you're like talking about your character and you do the stuff and then like the other players describe the stuff that your character has in your house yeah yeah and okay there's this there's this oh gosh there's this concept in gaming in terms of like character agency player agency where it's like I make all the stuff for my character and right, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. right. But then how do the other people interface with that? Dude, don't if, take away my min max. Coverage. If, <laughs> if you, if you make a whole thing and if you make a character with all this like bristling stuff and all these great things, where do the other players interface in this moment? This was a really cool moment for me as a player to have the other players at the table gift my character, something that is in the house. Mm-hmm. And it was and it's this your equipment list, right? It's yeah. your equipment list. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> exactly. And it's just like there's this moment at first where it's like, all right, like Mike did a good job of prefacing for us, and uh, he's like, all right, we're gonna go through this step. It's gonna be a little different, um, but it, it, let's look at it like gifts, like the other players are giving you gifts yeah, that yeah. then become your equipment. And it was so much fun because it was like, yeah, oh, good. how how can I make my other player? really cool i want to give them a really easy to use powerful piece of equipment paintbrush set you can do a lot with a paintbrush set you know (laughs) (laughs) you can forge stuff you can cover stuff up you can uh, you can uncover clues you know there's all these things you can do and so it became this like it almost became like the reverse of a white elephant gift Mm -hmm. it was like i'm gonna give everybody's gonna get stuff and they're gonna love it all (laughs) and it gives us ways of interacting with each other's stuff with each other's characters i'm glad you respond so well to that because that goes back to my 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 theme here today which is that uh that specific like setup uh process that i built into the game that came from something that we that that we did in just our regular play in the gauntlet right we had Mm. this concept in the gauntlet what we call we call it GGG based off Dan Savage's. Oh, GGG. Dan Savage, yes. Yeah, which good is good giving, good giving and game. Folks. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 I, I, the RGs. There's something different about it. I can't remember what they are now, but it's basically the same thing. But the idea is, the idea is part of your role as a player is to get invested in the other players' characters yep. as well, right? And so you know, so we would like we had kind of developed our just little ways of adapting games to help players get invested in each other you know yeah. each other's stories and each other's characters and and so this was just something i did i codified in brittlewood bay just to make it like an automatic part of the process and so i'm really glad that that came across well that's awesome totally and and where i immediately once it started to happen i was like oh my gosh this kind of reminds me in a different way but it reminds me of like traveler cyberpunk life path mm-hmm. these games that have life paths and, and part of it, the thing in there is like find ways for the other players to have been in your life path steps right, yeah, yeah. you know but it, it it was less direct this is very direct right mm-hmm. like so and so is saying that your character has this cool thing and it became this cool like oh i got a bunch of gifts from yeah, my fellow yeah. players and that feels really wonderful yeah that's awesome i love it and, and it begins this like coziness of the game because folks brindlewood bay is a very cozy game you're you know you're not going to be slaying dragons you're going to be solving mysteries about the town of (laughs) brindlewood bay and everything's fine don't worry about it there's no dark nefarious thing behind the corner occult conspiracy behind all of it no your town has a bumbling (laughs) sheriff who's kind of an idiot and you have to help him because you love these mystery (laughs) books and you're really good at solving mysteries as a group (laughs) yeah it's premise is really interesting like how did you get to this premise oh that's okay well okay so yeah so the the premise is uh we've kind of 
dance around a little bit, but sure, yeah, yeah, you play elderly women who live in a quaint New England town, uh, a fictional town called Brindlewood Bay. And okay. these women, um, importantly, these women are kind of in the like second phase of their lives or, or maybe third phase. They, Their partners are deceased. Their children have long flown the nest. And so now they're, their twilight years are being spent in this in this resort town and you know they're reading mystery books and doing their hobbies and and forming their friendships with other women around their age and collectively the characters are called the murder mavens that's the name <gasps> of the book club yes and yeah they uh a la murder she wrote they they end up always being around when a murder happens and uh and so they get involved in the solving of the murders because they're so good at murder mysteries because of the books they read yeah um and as they but as you play the campaign you start to realize the characters start to realize that there is a an occult conspiracy that connects the murders up right um this was kind of a joke of mine because so the game's biggest inspiration is Murder, She Wrote, right? And the, yes. the joke about Murder, She Wrote is that Jessica Fletcher did all the murders, right? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's, that's kind of the joke of it. Like, it's like, why is she always there? Well, because she did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Why um, does she so, always know where to go and look for stuff? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, that was kind of my way of like, you know, I was, I was kind of playing with the idea of like, wow, there are a lot of murders in this town. And, you know, why are they happening? And it's, well, it's because there's a, there's a conspiracy. And so eventually the murder mavens will have to face this, uh, this group called the midwives of the fragrant void. And these midwives of the fragrant void are trying to, um, to raise a, a world ending monstrosity from the ocean. Right. So you have to stop them from doing that. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. yeah. God kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I'll mention it's it's not actually like Cthulhu mythos. We actually do, or we do like a Hellenic, uh, Chthonic horror. Uh, This is a, a child of Persephone. Um, but yeah, the, that's, that's the whole kind of arc of the campaign. Right. But to your question, um, uh, so the, the game only exists because I was working on another game called the between, uh-huh. And the between is about gothic uh, monster hunters uh, in a gothic sort of Victorian setting, right? Yeah. And I was playtesting this game a few years ago, and I I was running into this problem because I could not, like, I could run the mystery part of it from my head in playtests, but I didn't know how to convey that to other GMs. Like, I didn't know what the structure was going to be. I just knew how to do it from my brain, you know? Sure. And so... So almost like a sensibility. You knew yeah, you knew yeah. how to get there, but how do you codify it? Yeah, how do I codify it exactly? And like I um and so I decided rather than rewrite the between ten times, I would just come up with a smaller game to try out the mystery system, right? And so I was like, okay, well, the between does all kinds of mysteries, but this smaller game is gonna just do one type of mystery. It's gonna be mm-hmm. murder mysteries. And so then I just went on Twitter and I was like, okay. I'm going to make a small murder mystery game to try out this mystery system. Um, who has an idea? <laughs> and someone said, well, I don't think there's actually like a murder. She wrote game. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love murder. She wrote, I love midsummer murders. I love all that stuff. I like Poro. Yeah. Um, let's do it. And then someone else, I think it was Lowell Francis, but maybe not. I don't know. But someone else said, wouldn't it be funny if it was like Cthulhu also, <laughs> you know? Yes. And I was like, yes. bingo, that is my idea. And so, yeah, that's that was it. It wasn't my idea. I, I But I took the idea and I ran with it. And yeah, sure. that's the key. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, to actually um, do the thing is the important yeah, the part thing, here. Yeah. And it, yeah. it has like a lot of my like writing sensibilities and my yep. humor and stuff, but it's, but, but, but yeah, I, it, it, it was great. It was so, so yeah. So basically Brindlewood Bay was a sketch for the between, right? It was just a, see, that's a concept. That's brilliant. It's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I have, I have this huge thing and it has this one specific problem, right? To yeah. work out this problem, as a game developer, what do you do? You develop a different game. <laughs> I developed a different game. To, yeah, and this is a, as a game developer who is currently, up to that point, put out zero games. Right. <laughs> no games at that point. Um, but, but yeah, so that's what I did. And um, and then Brenda Wood Bay just ended up finding its own audience and, and becoming its own thing, you know? And, yeah. And, uh, and so it, it became, you know, uh, The Between did eventually come out, and it's and it's great, and people love it, and it's finding its audience right now. But, but yeah, but Brenda Wood Bay just sort of uh, really took off with a lot of people. People were really responding well to it. So we knew we had something special. You know, okay, so cool. were you just sitting around down in the parents' basement just going, hey, I'm going to be a game developer. And I don't, I don't, I don't think just kind of came together, basement. the in-between. What What was your life like? And I mean, you're, you're now working in game development. What was your life like to get to this point? Well, so, I mean, I, I, I even though I had not put any games out, I had published stuff, right? Like I, so the Gauntlet put out uh, since 2017, we've put out this a digital magazine called Codex, um, and then we also uh, developed and pub published Jesse Ross's game Trophy, and so I was deep into the publishing part of it, okay. right? Or at least yeah. had some experience with ah, it. Trophy's right? so good too. We've played that one as well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Trophy's terrific. Um, and so I, I was kind of like connected to the publishing part of it. I just never made my own game. That was it. Mm. I was like, you know, I published all these other people. Actually, by the time I wrote my first game, there are people who I'd published who built beautiful, flourishing careers in the hobby, right? And um, and they got our start in our pages, you know, and and that's awesome. But I'd never written anything of my own and put mm -hmm. my own stuff out there. And so, really, it was just mostly like, you know what, I'm gonna I want to do something. I've got this idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put something out in the world. I've got the platform to to so it'll get some eyeballs. So let's do it, you know. And um, so that's what I did. It was a uh, it, it kind of felt like inevitable after doing podcasts and all this other stuff, you know, and yeah, publishing. You've, and, you've been yeah. creating a lot of content. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and so, so the between was obviously the bigger, the bigger beast and you did this Brindlewood Bay. Is that kind of, so folks, Brindlewood Bay as an, as a smaller publication has been around for a couple of years now. Hmm. And that has sat waiting for this Kickstarter. So you're about to do a Kickstarter. Um, right. Yeah. But on today's calendar, it's five days away uh, right. on day of recording. But, you know, by the time this comes out, maybe it will be live right now. Um, and but everyone at HSC will have bought it. Yeah, I know. We're all we're all really <laughs> waiting for this. Um, so why two years? What was that? What was that? What, was it well, just so you could do the between or were there? Well, were there well we had reasons? trophy. Uh, I mean, trophy yeah. was kind of, you know, we kickstarted trophy and it was a pretty successful kickstarter. Um, oh, so good. But body it, uh, horror crazy like yeah. things go down it's oh my god we've Trophy's been playing yeah, we've been playing trophy dark we've been playing trophy dark yeah. not not the long form version but the yeah. one shot version the die version yeah <laughs> yeah there are two different there's two different trophy games there's dark and gold right dark yeah. is a horror game and gold is like an adventure game right right um but yeah uh so the thing was was just we launched trophy we wrapped up trophies crowdfunding right before COVID happened Ooh. and then COVID happened. And right. so it, uh, trophy was a project that involved literally dozens of creators. And so when the global pandemic hit, everyone's schedule got effed and like, yeah, 
it just slowed down the project in a big way. And so basically, I didn't want to launch Brindlewood Bay until we had trophy off at the printer. And so it just, that was it. I mean, that's wow. basically it. Yeah. I, but, it, but it actually ended up being a good thing because I, even though it was not totally planned, um, it ended up being a good thing because it gave Brindlewood Bay time to find its fans, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I think that's important, you know? Like, like yeah. It, yeah, Brindlewood Bay is the first thing we've ever created as a as a community that found a life outside of the community. You know, like like Brindlewood Bay found a life outside of the gauntlet. I mean, you all found it and played it, right? I mean, yeah, like, like it, it, it trophy kind of did, but but Brindlewood Bay. I was reading and hearing about Brindlewood Bay in places I've never hung out online. People I did not know. Um, I'm getting messages back from people telling me how much they love it i don't know who they are so like that that was that's really exciting awesome. yeah it was yeah exciting. It, was like, wow, it, it had so left cool. the bubble completely it wasn't yeah, yeah, like it bubble adjacent bubble, right. it yeah. was gone it yeah it, yeah that's and so, so cool uh so yeah it had time to kind of find its 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 way and and it gave us time to refine it too you know yeah, like yeah. we we got to live with this game for a little bit so it ended up being a good thing i think it's going to make the, the ultimate kickstarter version uh the best it can be you know yeah. so that's exciting yeah um, I, one of yeah. our so our gm mike rachelson uh he's the one who brought us uh trophy dark he's also the one that brought us uh uh Wood bay so he's he's clearly like clued in on what you what i'm you're pretty sure we've, we've chatted and stuff in different places too, i'm though. sure you have i'm sure you have so yeah. he sent me a question to ask you um okay. he said there's a pretty solid community of hackers working on Wood bay Right. Like yeah. you guys, one, you allowed hacking, which is notable. Right. Not a lot of games do that. I'd love to understand that decision process. Mm -hmm. And two, do you have any favorites that stick out to you? Mm, yeah. Well, so right now at this very moment, the most active um, hacking and reskinning is the between. That's what people are really working on. Yeah. Because the between has um, has more moving parts. It's got individual playbooks. Um, it has different types of mysteries. So it's just like a little easier to do your own idea with Brindlewood there's more Bay there so more strings yeah. to pull and yeah Brindlewood Bay is pretty focused right so yeah. it's, it doesn't have as many like yeah not as many strings to pull you know yeah um, but that said people do hack it but yeah the reason why we did that um we started that with trophy actually um oh the this is like a publishing house ethos then it is it, it's it's our thing and, and here's the thing it's not I, I do think it's good marketing I think like people respond well to your product if they don't feel like you're being precious about it and holding on to it tightly you know sure mm -hmm. um i think people appreciate that it gets people thinking about your game in different ways which is awesome uh and you can learn a lot from creators in the community as well um but honestly it mostly just goes back to how i like to interact with the hobby you know i am a i'm a gm before i'm anything <laughs> and i love to run games yeah. and part of the fun of running games is creating stuff for games like i love the 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 lonely fun of gming it is a thing i enjoy it's a yeah. way i like interacting with the hobby yeah and so it feels like perfectly natural for for me to want to create things for other games and so why would i deny people the opportunity to do that with my games right yeah um and that's basically where it comes from i would not want to do this if we were being like if we had like if we weren't like actively encouraging people to create stuff for these games and and not just like they can just take it, they can publish it and make money off it, do whatever they want, right? Within Which certain is, limits. I don't want sure. them using our color, right? But like they right. otherwise can do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, uh, I just that's just how I like to interact with the hobby. And I and and the way I look at it is like, you know, 
to, to, at the end of the day, I want to enjoy myself. I want to enjoy what I've created. I want to enjoy the community that's around me. Right. I, I am in our Discord every day, uh, chatting with oh. folks who are creating things. And um, that, I just love it. And it would it's just part of the enjoyment for me. So, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's it's also – it kind of gets back to the – you're doing this a lot to give back to the community. Like this is yet another way in which you're giving to the gaming community of just like, hey, I'm producing these things and I, I want to make I want to make sales, sure. But also, if you have a great idea that can use what I've done as a foundation and you want to make sales, please be successful. Let's let's all yeah. be successful together. And like like you're well, saying, we, as a GM, part of the fun yeah. is watching your players succeed, right? So in yeah, a way, you get to watch these. With the high tide. Yeah, you get to watch these other people in their creations succeed. Yeah, we and we actively encourage it. I mean, we we do we, we like to do contests with our games, like write a write a scenario, write a mystery, write a you know write a trophy dark incursion, write a trophy gold incursion. Yeah. Um, and I think those are great to interact with and and, and to participate in because uh, trophy and Brittlewood Bay in the between the scenarios have a very specific structure, right? So it, it's easy to create within because you don't have to like invent the wheel, right? right. Like you just have to write the fun stuff inside the structure, right? Yeah. And so we do these contests. All of our contests always get like fifth, between 50 and 75 entries, you know, which is That's awesome. awesome. That's um, so good. Sometimes we really like something from a contest and we make a, we make a publishing offer to that person. Uh, but oh, otherwise wow. they can take their stuff and go publish it wherever they want. Sure. Um, we I do workshops um, on my YouTube channel. There are like six three-hour workshops of me with creators telling them how to hack my games. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah, that's like, so cool. So you can go on there and and hear straight from me like what this is about, what that's about. Like like if like if you're making a between hack, for example, there's a whole series of videos you can go watch to like like to you know to to learn the ins and outs of like from a design standpoint what I had in my brain and like what right. Yeah, when you when you pull on this thread, here's all the things you're messing with. So mm -hmm. so know when you do this, yeah. here's what all you have to account for. That's yeah. incredible. Well, and, and we'll have like we'll have like usually like ten or fifteen people join me for the workshop, but you yeah, know, in a, like to 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 talk while the workshop's going on, and I read every single one of their drafts and I give them notes on every single one of their drafts. That's and like, so cool. Um, and it's it's pretty time consuming, but I but I like doing it, and so it's like yeah, I mean. I, I love it. I love what I do. I, I don't have to dig clearly. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the worst I have to do is get up and like sit on YouTube for a few hours and read people's drafts. Oh, what a tough life. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So, for sure. Yeah. I just, I love it. But, but yeah, we try to do lots of support stuff and, uh, and we try to encourage creation. Definitely. Yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah. I, it, it, to, I want to dive into this idea in Brenda Wood Bay around the investigation. Sure. So, folks, this is something that, like, I've played a lot of different games and a lot of different investments, oh, quote unquote. Inve oh, yeah, go ahead. I didn't finish your question. Oh, yeah. What is you your favorite? My favorite? My favorites. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, you asked me this last time and I wasn't ready for it. So, <laughs> I'm ready for it now. <laughs> um, uh, not a Brindlewood Bay hack, but but Brindlewood Bay and the Between share so much DNA. They, they, they're they a loop of feeding into each other. That's cool. Wise. Um, there is a Between hack called the ghosts of el paso oh and, my god love el paso yeah and it is a um it's like uh it's basically you basically play like people in el paso circa 1880 and every few years there's this blood moon and ghosts become active in the area that's like have, that's like 1980 <laughs> <laughs> like 2000 go on yeah you have to and you have to like um you have to like basically figure out what it'll take to get these ghosts to 
to settle to move on you know um and in the middle of the campaign you have like a a ghost gang rides into town and you have to like figure out how to fend them off you know it's very western but also like with supernatural elements but it functions with the same mystery system and is indeed a pretty direct skin of a reskin of, of the between mm-hmm. um and therefore Brenda Le Bay. Um, we love it so much <laughs> that we've decided to make that our next standalone game. So, oh, how cool! Yeah, that's so cool. we 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 we've been kind of watching the development in, um, and that's exclusive, by the way. Nobody knows that yet. Um, we've been watching the development, my partner and I, uh, in the Discord, and we were kind of looking at it and watching it go, and and we're like, "Well, this is pretty good. Like, I'm kind of digging it. Let's 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 have a let's have a call with the author." <laughs> and so we yeah. got a Zoom call with Daniel Qualls, who who wrote it. And um, and we were like, we really like this, and we think it would be a terrific uh, next game in the in the line, you know. So let's do it. And he was excited to do that. And um, and so now my partner David is actually my business partner David is actually um, like working with Daniel directly to make the game fit our standard of publication, basically, you know, kind of getting it into shape. Yeah. Um, but what we're also going to do, which this dovetails with your with. Uh, Mike's question when we release that game we're going to release the guidance and system reference document for people to do the same thing so oh wow so basically once that game comes out we'll have that SRD um, and that publishing guidance and we'll say and here's this game to show what it looks like right like when you take the between or Brenda Wood Bay and you make your own thing with it and um so we're pretty excited about that. But yeah, that's just an example of like something that developed in our community. And we just were like, hey, I think this will be a good fit for us. So let's do it. You know? Yeah, so, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Like that's, I mean, in the world of like making things, mm-hmm. the, the, the acknowledgement that like, hey, a lot of stuff comes from previous ideas, right? We're all standing on right. the shoulders of giants. Absolutely. Kind of yeah. thinking here. And to say, look, I just want to make it easy for you. And I want to work with you, right? And and here's the guidance. Here's the toolkit. Like that's just really incredible effort to, that you're taking on. Yeah. Well, I think so. The thing that's funny about the between, especially right now in our community, in the publishing community at least on the, our, our Discord, is people are creating lots of stuff for it. Like every day, I go to the Discord and there's like, I made a new playbook, or I made a new, <laughs> I made a new, I made a new threat, I made a new, yeah. I made a new yeah. It's like I can't keep up with it all, all of it personally. I try, but I, I can't. It's just too much. But um, it does remind me a lot, though, of like, um, it reminds me a lot of like, I don't know if you all follow Dungeon World, but when Dungeon World was brand new, um, on G+, especially, there was a really, really active creator community for Dungeon World. People were making tons of stuff for Dungeon World, right? It was all unofficial yeah. stuff, but it was just like, it was being churned out, you know? And right. um, this is not quite at that level, but it but it feels like the same spirit. It's like people... It's the same energy. Yeah, people who who play the game are excited about the game, want to create for the game. And so this just feels like a good next step for us. We want we do want to encourage that creation and we want to show them sort of, you know, give them like some guidelines and say, okay, this is yep. like, you know, if you want to do it up to our standard, this is the way to do it. So. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things to kind of keep in mind as, as people are... are digging into this i want to talk about the mystery system yeah yeah because the mystery and investigation system folks i've played a lot of investigation games like everything from just you know gumshoe vampire. Uh, uh, vampire cyberpunk you know all these like modern future-ish games hey you gotta go and discover the thing or 
every so often you'll see a D&D module that has a quote-unquote investigation, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, d Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Why would they think to go into that inn? Why? <laughs> Why would they talk to that guy? You know, whatever. So <laughs> there's so many different approaches to investigation, right? And Brindlewood Bay, as a player, the first time I played this, Chase, I admit to you, I didn't quite get it. But mm. after we solved the mystery, I was like, oh, oh, light bulb. Yeah, oh, good. I get it. Good, yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about the mystery system yeah. and how you came to this as the kind of core of the game? It's a terrific question. Um, it's a great question. It, the Bridwood Bay's mystery system is its marquee feature. Uh, yeah. When people talk about Bridwood Bay, this is what they talk about, right? One of the things besides yeah. the terrific basic hook i guess but like yeah. um which <laughs> i can say awesome was, I didn't come, it wasn't my hook i just made the game out of it um but like the um yeah so the way it works first i'll see how the way it works the way it works is it's a emergent collaborative mystery system so you are presented with your mystery the murder happens and then the, the mavens are on the case and it doesn't matter how the mavens investigate doesn't matter where they go doesn't matter who they talk to. Doesn't matter what they look into. Very the murder key, she wrote. There are goals, yeah. there are clues. Wherever she opens, whatever cupboard she opens, <laughs> right. wherever they are at, there's a clue. Yeah. And the, so where, whatever they do, the keeper can react to it because the keeper has a list of clues, about twenty clues, and the keeper is encouraged to sort of, you know, kind of massage the clue to make it fit the scene, right? Like you have they're, they're like ideas basically, and then you kind of take the one that makes the most sense based off what the the maven is doing, and then you you work it into the scene, and that's your clue. And then once you've gathered enough clues, um, as a play group, you have a conversation about who you think did it, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And there are no canonical solutions. The keeper does not know who did it. Um, Which we don't is know who did mind it blowing. Until, yeah. We don't know who did it until the group talks about it and then rolls some dice to see if they're right. And, um, and what's really, really lovely about it is, in my opinion, it is the first role-playing game to capture the feeling of solving a mystery <laughs> right like like we are sitting there and we're actually solving a mystery it feels like that's what we're doing right. and um and i think that's the, the beauty of it and um it's and 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 to kind of get to the deeper part of your question and i think i talked about this uh last time on our uh our previous support attempt. attempt yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I think where a lot of mystery RPGs go wrong, um, and I'm very critical of them because I don't like most of them, at least the mystery yes. part. Um, where I think they go wrong is they try to convey a mystery the way other mediums do it. So mm -hmm. films, TV shows, books... They can they they give they convey a mystery. Oh, a whoa, whoa, whoa. just like uh, Doctor Who. I love to play the role playing game. It's Act One, Act Two, Act Three. <laughs> right. And yeah. you yeah. learn something in Act One, you learn something in Act Two, and you close it out in Act Three. And it's all kind of in this step, like an episode. Yeah. yeah. The well, so in a lot of role playing games, they try to do it like a like another medium, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that doesn't always work for the like role playing TV game show. medium. I'm I'm in a TV show. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, so. Because the other mediums have like different, um, they have different advantages that role playing games don't have, right? So, in, in a novel, you know, you have like a forced perspective. You're getting everything as the author wishes you to have it, right? Right. Um, in a film or a TV show, you have 
lots of visuals and um, yeah. and other production things that like help the mystery happen, right? And in role playing games, you don't have that. And so when you're tr- so when you try to dispense clues and dispense investigation, dispense the mystery in a way that other mediums do it, it doesn't quite fit. And so what I think I've managed to do with Brindlewood Bay and the Between is create a mystery system that takes advantage of the medium of role-playing games, right? The medium of role-playing games is, you know, is a certain thing and it has advantages over these other mediums, right? Yeah, the collaborative storytelling. The collaborative nature of it, right? That is something that video games can't do. That's something movies can't do, right? And so I think the reason why my mystery system works and feels so good is because it is intentionally taking advantage of what makes a role-playing game fun to play. And right. what makes a role-playing game, um, you know, what 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 advantages that medium has over other mediums? It takes it in a collaborative storytelling nature. Getting back to what you said at the very beginning, that sort of uh, natural human tendency to tell stories together, right? Like, right. It takes advantage of that, and so um, I think that's why it works as well as it does. It's a fairly simple concept, if I'm being honest. Like, it's not the most like uh complex thing in the world it's it's well, but it's pretty in darn innovative it is yeah. hey, here's it's these clues yeah. we're gonna figure yeah. it out together yeah, yeah. The, yeah. honestly that, that was the thing like when i when the aha when the light bulb went off on my head mm-hmm. i was like oh i get it it's so simple because every maven she right. goes out and she gathers a clue or two right mm-hmm. maybe she rolled a crit and she's got three you know maybe right, she's yeah. done some extra right or she used a special move or something yeah like, she yeah. used her 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 frank colombo which all right, the moves yeah. are named after like yeah. old <laughs> like investigate it's so good guys when you read this thing it's so good um but they go through and they bring those clues together and they talk mm-hmm. about the clues and what's mm-hmm. really cool about your clues is it's not like there's a note clue like mm-hmm. say as a as an example like there's a clue oh it's a note written from a jilted lover But we, the GM, the keeper doesn't say like, oh, it's from this person or this Mm -hmm. thing. And here's the details in it. It's, we have the note. Right. And as a player, I get to do a little world building. I could say, look, that's right. This, this note was written with signed, you know, Kitty. Right. Well, Kitty is her. And we know it's her because she only wears dresses with kittens on them or whatever. (laughs) You know, like we (laughs) just make these. We you just create make, the story, right? Yeah, we yeah. create the story when mm-hmm. we're doing the solve. Mm-hmm. And this moment of we've brought the clues together. Let's talk about the clues. Where did you mm-hmm. find it? What's it like? And and we build the details in these mm-hmm. clues as players, that collaborative world building thing. And then I and and then like all my stuff kind of clicked. It was like, oh, this is so easy. This yeah. is so easy. Yeah. It's like it's like when you get the party together, what powers do you have? Well, what clues do you have? Right. I have these clues. And we can kind of figure out the details mm-hmm. as is appropriate. And there was this moment where, like, we had this one mystery. Um, and we were like clue monkeys. We just like, oh, God, let's go get like seven, <laughs> seven clues apiece. Let's right. just, you know. And then we realized, wait, we don't have to get 20 clues. We can get five. Mm-hmm. And if at five clues, we have a thread, let's roll. Let's do yeah. the, let's do that. There's an interesting. Um, I've I've run the game enough now to have picked up I picked up on some interesting like play dynamics, some yeah. play alchemies going on. Play alchemies, and, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, that's that for a term. Um, and one of those one of those is yeah, like 
you could you could just go find clues all day but like eventually you're going to have enough to, to where your die roll will be pretty good and in fact if you go any further it might mess up whatever your pet theory is right right yeah because <laughs> like oh there's this like it. other yeah, clue exactly. that kind of gets right. in my way and yeah. now how would but i also, do it yeah but also a thing that happens a lot which is um i didn't even realize this when i was making the game but it but i got this feedback and i and i started to notice it myself too which is there's a real pleasure as a player of like advancing the guilt of the suspect you don't like. Like, like you, you know, like certain sus or like, or like you, or you just have, for whatever reason, you want it to be that guy who did it, you know? Yeah. And so you make your case, you know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's kind of a meta thing, but it's, but it, yeah. but it, but it, but we encourage that, that that's not a bad word in, in our, our spaces yeah oh, um, yeah it, nor in ours like we, yeah, we have whole episodes yeah. about de deconstructing like meta games yeah, versus meta yeah. plot and all kinds of stuff people so, yeah. always say like oh i'm in a meta game is that okay i'm like yes absolutely go for it yeah um the uh, but yeah so it, it 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 creates these interesting like dynamics at the table of you know when you kind of get to that point and it's, it's really fun to watch and um it all holds together pretty well and if you roll good enough on your on your theorized role, if you if you get a high enough role, not only will you solve the mystery, but a member of the occult conspiracy will reveal themselves <gasps> to you. Yes. And so it just kind of takes this, it just kind of keeps the story going to that next level, right? Yeah. So, oh man, when the yeah, occult starts to great. trickle in, that was mm -hmm. such a surprise. I was like, oh, this is weird. And then it yeah. just keeps <laughs> getting weirder. It just keeps getting weird. It's like, um, oh gosh, have you ever seen the movie Sunshine? Oh, um, okay. So maybe. sunshine just as a thing, like it starts off. Oh, we're on a spaceship. We're gonna go. So, we're gonna oh, save humanity. Yeah, no I've big deal, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And it all yeah. starts off so safe, right. and everything's fine. We have this big job, but it's gonna be it fine. Takes a twist. Yeah, and then like, turn. and then yeah. like one little thing happens. Like that's so weird. That guy's yeah. acting a little strange. And yeah. then like another little thing happens. And then by the end of it, you're like, what was going on? And you have to rewind. Brenda Woodbait is the same way to me. It's a it's terrific like, analogy, actually. It yeah. starts off yeah. so safe. Everything's fine. Mm. You're just old old ladies solving mysteries, helping out your dumpy sheriff who can't sheriff, sheriff Dalrymple. Yeah, yeah Dalrymple. <laughs> he can't see, he can't, he can't push piece together a murder to save his life. But he's got these three to five mavens that will help him, you know. Right, yeah, and yeah. it starts off so safe. And then it gets darker and darker and mm -hmm. darker. And like now we're at this stage. So we have we we play our game. A little bit. We haven't actually done our final mystery, right? Mm -hmm. We we keep putting it off because we just enjoy playing it so much. Right, um, yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, now everything is so upside down for us. It has gotten so dark. <laughs> We're at that like climax of sunshine. Like, yeah, yeah. are we going to kill ourselves to save the humanity race, or are <laughs> right, we going to try yeah, and save yeah. ourselves? Like, oh yeah. my gosh, is the bomb? You know, it's like it's like at that moment. Like, are we pulling the ripcord, or are we solving mm -hmm. this thing? Mm -hmm. It's just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great, and, and it's um, it's it's what I designed it to do. That I I have my my sort of ideal campaign is just is just that. Like you you're into the sort of like cozy murder mystery, the Midsummer yeah. Murders vibes, the Murder, She Wrote vibes. You're doing all that. You're loving it. Golden Girls all Golden, day. Yeah, the Golden Girls elements. You're, you're, you're loving yeah. all the kitschy TV references. All that stuff's in there, you know? Yeah. And then it starts to turn. <laughs> you, yeah. People in strange masks start showing up. Um, weird shadowy creatures start appearing in the background. There's one, um, there's something you can mark on your, character sheet that makes it so that every future cozy scene you do in the background yeah uh, almost like too many cooks style in the background there's like 
a creepy thing going on. I have that. I have that going. It is. Yeah. Oh man, it is rough. <laughs> and it's it's but it's 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 um that that gradual descent into the to the horror and the yeah. strangeness and the weirdness is 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 what I intend for the game to do. And 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 I love it when it starts to happen. And especially if you have players who um players always like kind of tell me or and I'll read online people will say this ended up being a lot weirder than I expected. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, good. <laughs> yes. but well, um, yeah. And, and the, the other brilliant thing here is that the game does have an end, it right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is one of those things that like, oh gosh, you run a, a fantasy adventure game and you know, there's these people who have like 22 15, years later. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 22 year long campaigns. It's like, that's amazing. That's awesome. That is not my truth. Right, yeah, that is not yeah, me as a GM. Yeah. I will not run a game for twenty-two years. Um, I might run a game for two, yeah. but that's man. After that, I I need I need I need something else, you know. Yeah, yeah. And this game is really good at that. There is a beginning. It is soft and gentle. We talk about your kids, right? right. You ask questions of each other about like your family past lives, and by the end, you're like war buddies because <laughs> things are so messed up. Yeah. And then the game is done, and we get to move on, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the beautiful thing about that is. When you know the game is going to wrap, you mm. can do things with your character that you won't do with an everlasting character. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I will say there is a caveat there uh, sure. a little bit. Oh, really? Which which is, uh, you know, about a, eight or nine months in of living with the game, or about a year, actually, um, we started to have people come to us and say, my players really love it, and they want to keep going. What do oh, I do? Oh, <laughs> you in the Kickstarter. Yeah. What do I do? Well, so we, we did answer that a little bit. What we did at the time in, in our Codex magazine, we put out some mysteries. Or actually, no, they weren't part of Codex. They were just like a separate release. But um, but we put out some special mysteries. There's four of them called Sweeps Week Mysteries. Um, and the Sweeps Week Mysteries, they are side story mysteries. They're not part mm-hmm. of the main campaign. They are a little more supernatural, and the mysteries aren't necessarily murders. They're other things. Right. And they also take place in another part of the world. So they're really, like, separated from the rest Sweet of the game. Yeah. 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 Sweeps week. And, um, and so we created those mysteries because we had people come to us and say, we just want, like, one more session. We want to just, like, play. We want to revisit yeah. just one more time. And so, so yeah. you can do these mysteries to kind of keep it going just a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, or you can use them as a a one shot or you can use them if you're missing a maven you can do one of these you know mm-hmm. as a side little side story until the yeah other that whole question back. like how yeah. do we play without our person it's like well we've got these side side missions yeah right? yeah yep. yeah it's um so, so we made those and for the kickstarter we will probably have more um Good. but for now there are four of them and they're and they're and they're they're weird. Uh, one of them is called the Hex Files. You, um, yes! yes. You them. find the, the Mavens are on their way to a convention in uh, New X-Files. Mexico. Yeah. And New Mexico in this context looks a lot like Vancouver. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they find a car uh, with two suspiciously good-looking FBI agents who yes. are dead in a wreck. <laughs> and they learn about a case that they were working on. And so they take it and they 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 Follow run with it. yeah agents case yeah oh, yeah my God. so it's it's stuff like that um that's so, good so for it's listeners like, who don't know the sweeps week reference is like 
we all know, I assume, but like um, in network TV used to have sweep. <gasps> oh yeah. my God, you're right. That's like a boomer moment. Yeah, it's yeah. a total boomer moment. Uh, or in my case, a Gen Xer moment, but yeah, an older yeah. moment. Um, but we would, uh, they would do these things called sweeps week. And the idea was um, they would do like their stunt episodes on sweeps week in order to yeah. get ratings to get as many eyeballs as possible because that's when they would measure the ratings. And so that's what the idea is here because Brenda Wood Bay is presented like it's a TV show. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talk about, Oh, and when the camera fades in, here's yeah, what we yeah, see kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it literally has a mechanic where you cut to commercials <laughs> right? <laughs> if, you, if, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to uh, to like advance some of your character stuff, you can cut to commercial and you can, and yeah. Or at one in the beginning, like when you're doing your little like cozy montage, that's supposed to be like the opening credits of the show, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, talking about the Kickstarter, um, mm -hmm. you guys are of course revamping a couple of things. Sounds like you've had some time to sit with it, have, change a couple yeah. of things, mm -hmm. add a bunch of stuff. Yep. What all is coming into the Kickstarter? Sure. Yeah. New so, art. We are going to be um, kickstarting. Uh, two books. Nice. And one of the books is the core game is Brenda Wood Bay. And it will have, it expands the original 40 page PDF uh, to be, we think approximately 150 pages. Um, and what it's going to, it's, it's not all rules to be fair, but like it's going to be um, a slightly expanded and revised rule set based off mm -hmm. of our learning from the game. There's things sure, that we're yeah. doing differently now. And then it's, but the, the biggest addition is, it's got a very robust um, section for keeper support. So the biggest feedback we got through the course of the, of the game being out there is just people asking kind of just like questions about running the game, you know, like yeah. how to introduce a clue, how to do this or how to do that. And, um, and we knew we were going to get those kind of questions because the version that we put out was limited in space. We just didn't have time to talk about them, you know? Yeah. So now we do, we're going to have, the space to sort of really, really support the keeper in that great way. It'll have advice on how to write your own mysteries. It'll cool. have more advice on how to write the void mystery, which which you must write yourself. Um, and and then it will have the it'll have the it'll have six mysteries in it as well. So it'll have the five original mysteries, and then it'll have a sixth one uh, mm. written by me. And so uh, that's enough for a whole campaign. It's the only book you need if you just want to run a campaign of Brindlewood Bay. You're good to go. Yeah. Um, the other book we're doing at the same time is called Nephews in Peril. Yeah, <laughs> Nephews in Peril. It's so good because you you're still you're still grandmas, you know. Yeah, you're still yeah. grandmas well, and, and aunts. TV shows, and it's always like their, it's always their nephew who's in trouble, right? Yeah, so, so, yeah, yeah. Like their nephew. And like and like with with yeah. murder, she wrote like yeah. she's like helping her nephew, and then like the hot right. like <laughs> KGB turned CIA hunk is there or right, whatever. Yeah, and she's yeah. like flirting with him. And it's like, grandma, yo, your nephew's right there. <laughs> <laughs> so nephew's apparel. It's um, about a, th a third or so of that book is like just the setting of the town of Brenda Wood Bay. So it's like more setting. Oh, cool. um, the setting exists in the mysteries, but like, this is like just specifically setting material, not attached to any particular mystery. So, cause sometimes you just want to know like, What's the coffee shop? Heck yeah. Um, who's oh, the heck character yeah. who works at the ice cream shop, right? All that stuff, right? It, and so it's going to have that stuff. And then it's got 10 more mysteries in the book as well. Nice. So nice. those are the two books we're doing um, that are the kind of the core of the Kickstarter. And we'll have different levels. You can get the digital level, just get everything digital, including stretch goals. Um, or you can get Brenda Wood Bay as a hardcover, um, plus all the digital stuff. Or you can get both books. Um, um, and then we also have like a big 
package that includes the the add-on. I haven't talked about the add-on, but I want to hear about this add-on. So the add-on is the thing that we are most excited about. Well, we're excited about all of it, but this is the most, sure, like, yeah. you know, in the world, the realm of like Gonzo ideas. This is what we're excited <laughs> about. Um, <laughs> at our publishing retreat last year, <laughs> we all got together. Which you have a publishing retreat. I mean, that, we do. On. Yes, that's, that's yeah. dope. Yeah, at our publishing <laughs> retreat, we we bunch of us were there and we got together and I I posed the question. I said, we're doing Brindlewood Bay next year uh, on Kickstarter. What do you all think would be a really cool add-on? Like it would be perfect for Brindlewood Bay. Mm-hmm. And we got lots of good ideas. Um, I didn't want to do dice or cards or anything like that. That would have been very easy, but we didn't want to so do many, that. So many of those. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do what we landed on is the Brindlewood Bay Community Cookbook. No! <laughs> I want that now! How much do I have to donate to get that? <laughs> it's $30. Um, oh, so yeah! The, the, or, or, or get it cheaper in the bundle. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, the Brindlewood Bay Community Cookbook, it is a real cookbook. It oh. Is, it is a fun... It's, it's meant to be presented like it's a fundraiser cookbook in the town of Brindlewood Bay, like a church oh, yeah. fundraiser thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, here's 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 yeah. Deborah's roles, the, right? The Lutheran Church get-together. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All the recipes are... Each recipe is submitted by a different character in the setting, which is fun. Oh, cool. And now here's the real, like... Like, this is the big, big exciting part. It is a cookbook, yes. Um, In the margins of every page... Are handwritten notes by oh, a murder okay. maven. Stop. Okay. And Stop. if you follow the notes and read through the notes, you are getting a solo mystery Stop. RPG. Stop. See, so, that's just too good. Yeah. So it's it's a cookbook slash solo mystery RPG, um, and uh, it'll have space to like make notes and stuff. But it's it would be like cooking notes, but it's but it's your notes for the mystery, right? Yes. So space for oh. all that. And but um, you can still make biscuits, and, and yeah, yeah, and and that there are still recipes for scones and uh various New England focused uh treats. That's so cool! So, That's yeah. so cool. We're really I, excited about it. It's, it's I it's, love yeah, we it's love cool. like one player games, mm-hmm. like that is yeah. a thing that doesn't get a lot of love in the gaming space. Yeah, it's always yeah. about like the group, but the single player RPG, single player murder mystery. That's not, good. We've never really done a solo RPG thing, and uh, we, we had a couple. We've had a couple things in Codex that were kind of like that, but it's we've yeah. never really gotten on the solo RPG wave. So this is kind of our first foray into it. But but we uh, the person we're getting to write the mystery portion, David Morrison, has written and published several games like this, and so uh, he's also very familiar with the Brindlewood Bay setting, having written what are my favorite mysteries of the ones I didn't write. Um, and so I'm excited to have him on that. And then um, the, the, uh, the recipes are being compiled, being compiled by our lawyer. Which is kind yes. of funny. <laughs> um, that is hilarious. Yeah, the the yes. Gauntlet's attorney, who is also our friend. Uh, yes. She loves this kind of thing. She's put, she's compiling and editing all the recipes. Um, oh my God. Is she like, is she like doing test kitchen stuff? Uh, she's, she's, gonna, she's so into it. I, every, so good. every day I get a message about like I'm trying this one out, yeah. Yes! <laughs> so, uh, so that's pretty. And great. you know he's already written the whole mystery. Uh, he's, yeah, yeah. He knows it's going to kickstart. He's it's, already written the whole thing, just waiting. It is. Um, it is. It's. It's going to be a great project. We're super. We're super excited about it. Um, and it's. We think it's the perfect add-on for the whole campaign. Um, so fun. So and and, and so the great fun. thing is, is if you get the two core books plus the cookbook, you get a. Pr- it's a pretty good. I think it's a good price. You get the 
basically the three books for $94 USD, which yeah. is for hardcover books, I think, Done. is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, that's the best totally. price. Or you can add the cookbook onto any other pledge level. So sure but that's so oh that's so much fun yeah the the idea of having like an in-world artifact mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty cool yeah then the like it's... that could be a thing that's like as a gm you've run your players through the thing and at the end you're like and at the end you find this cookbook <gasps> or whatever david <laughs> david know, why'd you idea. do that yeah, <laughs> well, i just says, you know GMs that are out there, they're looking at picking this up. Like, yeah, hold that, absolutely. and then just be like, "All right." And my, you know, your what final you at the end, you find this one cookbook, and it's from like Brindlewood Bay. Just have a thing for you. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you you deserve your own little thing. There it is. There it is. Um, there it is. What I think, the thing I do love about this book is because we, we've got quite a bit of the layout done already. Um, <laughs> what I love about it is it looks like it looks kind of janky, like church cookbooks do oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it should have clip art for it's the art. art it should oh, be, i mean yes. it should have this appearance the pages look photocopied oh yeah perfect <laughs> perfect. perfect yeah because yeah. that's how look i don't if y'all have never been to like a church cook situation it is it is it, look communities do their best okay right. they do their best <laughs> yeah. we, we think it's great um but yeah, the, the the project's super exciting. We have a bunch of stretch goals lined up that we will hopefully hit. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, we will. Maybe by the time this lands, we are you know with any luck, we are we are burning through stretch goals. But um, but you know we've got stretch goals that are brand new mysteries. I'll, I will give you an, I'll give you your second exclusive today. Ooh, right? Fun. Your second exclusive is we are lining up a stretch goal um, that is a set of connect interconnected mysteries that take place at ReaverCon. Now, what? ReaverCon, Reaver's a reference to this ship that's important in the history of the town, the Deep Reaver. Okay. But ReaverCon is Brindlewood Bay's premier games-focused game convention. No! And <laughs> we are getting, um, I can't announce the names yet, but we are getting uh, three creators from the OSR community to make uh, three interconnected reaver con mysteries um, <laughs> um that the mavens are are investigating oh my and god these mysteries will have handouts like <gasps> print and play handouts like an osr mystery that book. is so fun um so that is, that so is that's a stretch goal that i don't you know it's it's kind of one of the later stretch goals if we can get there but hopefully yeah. we're well on our way to open oh that my gosh goal. that's gonna be so, so much because like all right yeah. look why are the Mavens at a gaming convention? Just the the, the yeah. possibilities, yeah. the possibilities so, of my Maven being at a gaming convention is just too good. It it's just be, too good. <laughs> it could be because one of their nephews taught them yes. how to play. Oh yeah, yes. Taught them how to play, uh, <laughs> Sorcerer the Convalescence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorcery and discussion. Convalescence. <laughs> It yeah. could be because they are participating in a cosplay contest. Yes. Yes. There are lots of reasons. They, uh, the, the three mysteries, we, we don't quite, we haven't quite nailed down the parameters of the three mysteries, but we think it's going to be uh, like a live action dungeon crawl mystery, Ooh. A, Ooh. Uh, nice. a, a card game tournament mystery. Yes. I was thinking MTG. Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. And yeah. a, um, 
and a cosplay. Uh, yes. Uh, oh my god! The, like the three pillars yeah. of my youth yeah. is <laughs> like going and playing card game, uh, right. <laughs> playing some sort of role playing tabletop role playing game, and cosplay. Yeah. And just like I, and just like the 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 idea of like what if one of the mavens has like secretly been into this thing for like decades. Yeah, you, know, you never know, right? Like, because yeah, I know. mean, this yeah. stuff's been around yeah. long enough mm-hmm. for one of the mavens to have been. Oh yeah, I helped write Ravenloft, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> I got my outfit edition cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I oh, mean, good. it's um, but I think it's gonna be fun. I, I think it's gonna be a fun nod to the hobby, nod to sort of all of our. Yeah, you know, everybody's roots in the hobby. At least the people who are creating the games' roots in the hobby, and yeah, and I'm uh, pretty hype about it. So yeah, so we've got things. lots of little fun stuff like that planned out. So. That's so good. I, I love I love whenever there's like a little meta, like hey, let's mm-hmm. take these, let's take this thing and let's put it into. We have this thing that's novel. Let's put it into a place that's familiar. Yeah, yeah. and see how see how you mix it up. Yeah, that is so yeah. good. That is yeah. so much fun. I really hope that happens. That that's just. I really hope so fun. too. It's 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 a it's a kind of like high in the sky stretch goal if i'm being honest it's kind of a later one like if we can get there that'd be awesome we'll see oh it's yeah. gonna get there yeah yeah we'll make that fingers crossed, fingers crossed. <laughs> so oh listeners go back it <laughs> yeah that's right that's right so all right this has been this has been a really fun tour like all right jason i'm super impressed that the mystery methodology that you came up with is so focused on the gaming like the toolkit that's in role-playing games like i think yeah. this is this yeah, is thanks. brilliant and I really want to see where this goes mm-hmm. and where other games can learn from this. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of game developers have the same like, hey, it's like a movie or hey, it's like a thing or hey, it's mm-hmm. like a thing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not a TV show. The TV shows do not work. Well, and yeah. any game designers listening, you know, the chassis of my game is powered by the apocalypse, but you can bolt my mystery system onto any system. Totally. <laughs> so, like there's with probably very little trouble. You can yeah. get, you yeah. can work my mystery system into your d20 system it will probably work so yeah. it'll work great it'll work great because yeah it's it, uh, it's so good it's it's one of those things that like as soon as the light bulb went off as soon as i went through it it was like mm. this is now the simplest mystery system i'd ever run into it yeah. really is like it's one yeah. of those things that like you look at you look at all the prep. trouble yeah. yes mm. you look at all the effort that a gm or a referee or whomever has put into building the mystery all of the threads, the twisted web that I have woven so that my players can maybe find the yeah. three or four things that can yeah. get them there. They it's won't like, go into the attic and it'll all get messed up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All that stuff. And no, I then... put them on rails. They have to go. <laughs> while you're sitting in the living room, suddenly the couch lifts into the attic and you're looking at this clue that I've set for you. <laughs> it is glowing with a nimbus of light. Yeah. <laughs> Like all of those things, you think about all the prep that I, as a GM, have done for games. And as soon as I played through this, like, it's the only way I'm doing mysteries. I have to, I I have to say, you know, it it would be, uh, I have to say that, like, my mystery system, you know, you said earlier, we're all kind of standing on the shoulders of giants, and my mystery system is no different. There were games that were getting pretty close to this, right? They didn't Mm -hmm. quite implement it in the way that I do, but, um, but like certain games, like, um, there's a game called, uh, Siren by Meg Baker, mm. which is about super powered amnesiacs, and mm. the mystery is them trying to figure out their past, right? And oh. it uses this sort of like emergent idea. It's not perfect, and it's not exactly how I, my system does it, but 
but there were a few games like that that were sort of like poking at this right and that's cool um I, I i took that and ran with it and made it into a thing that people know and i'm really happy i was able to do that but yeah no one is a creative island right like right. you know even honestly even like games that i you know that go in for a lot of criticism with me like call of cthulhu or gumshoe um i still learn from those things right there are things to learn from these games and yeah. um so play a wide variety of games and stuff and you can you know you you, you eventually figure out like what's going to work you know and, and if you're anything like me this is what happens with me like i play all these different games and i find aspects in the game that mm -hmm. i i love right like your mystery system Jason, I'm taking your mystery system and putting it into every single game I run in the future sure. if I have a mystery, right? <laughs> oh, and boy, Legend of Five Rings, here we come. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? Or I mean, like, yeah. or Cyberpunk, I mean, or whatever, you know, like... Uh, oh, it would be great for a Cyberpunk mystery, like a oh Cyberpunk my God. investigation? Oh, my God. Oh like, my I God. wish somebody would write that game. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I've got it. I've, we're working on it now, so I mean, yeah. like, whatever. Because we're, we're, we're writing our uh, third big campaign right now, me and yeah, Taylor yeah. are. And so, like, I was like, hey, we got to get some mysteries in here. Yeah. And our opening session is a mystery. And I was like, I know how to do the clue system now. Yeah, I know yeah, how to do the clue yeah. system now. And yeah. it's one of those things that, like, as you play games as a as a GM or as a person who's running games, mm -hmm. you will draw inspiration from these places. And you're like, yeah. look, I love this mechanic, and I have figured out how to lift that and utilize it in other mm -hmm. places, right? And we've talked sure. about this on, on the show for other games, but this mystery system is so good. And you're right. It is, it is portable. It is something that you can. I think it is quickly I see mean, in other yeah. in other. I mean, it's. it's um, I mean, I mean, it, uh, I, I. It's my games are powered by the apocalypse just because that's the system I prefer mechanically. Like it's just yep. what I like, and so um, it was easy to sort of make that my mechanical chassis. Um, yeah. My job as a designer was to create like the structure of play, which is different, right? And um, yeah. and to create the mystery system, and so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can imagine a lot of scenarios where like, even for your cyberpunk thing, if all you do, even if there's like no dice associated with it, if all you do is just like occasionally give them a clue wherever they're looking, they can still go solve it in the same manner. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right? and, the, like, and the beautiful know? thing is all yeah. the players in my game have been in our Brindlewood Bay game. So okay. like they yeah. know that they know that yeah. they know the get, you know, yeah. they know that, hey, you're getting less detail now. So you can come up with more right. later as yeah. a player and do some yeah. world building. Yeah. And like that well, power. I mentioned, you, you, yeah. you noted earlier that like the keeper doesn't necessarily say who the jilted letter is from. You, you actually can. Um, sure. it's, it's up to the keeper uh, yeah. to decide in the moment, like how much detail to give. Um, mm -hmm. You can give lots of detail or you can keep it super vague and it still works the same way. Like at the end, it's still because the players are still invited to add context to make it work. Right. So it, yeah. And to decide, decide like if this is a red herring or is this like exactly. the, the least right. owned yeah. to the solve? Yeah. yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's just so much fun. Um, so I, I guess the last thing I want to say is Jason, thanks a ton for giving us your time twice. Oh now. yeah. You bet. Thanks for having yeah. me on. I really appreciate it. And could you help the audience find you? Where where are you in the world? Whoa, 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 wanna... whoa, whoa, oh. Dave. You're not done. I'm not. You're not done. I was getting there. <laughs> You're not. Because we need to know, how did you start gaming? What are your challenges? Uh, Is uh, it vampire? Is it D&D? Is it werewolf? My, my gamer origin story. Yes, I'll yes. give it to you. I love, I love my gamer origin story, so I'm happy to give it to you again. Yes. Um, I... Uh, so I started playing role-playing games in the fourth grade. Um, Which is wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, so my dad used to take me to this comic book shop in Oceanside, California. Yes. And Great I, 
it was like my favorite thing to do. Like it was to yeah. go to this comic book shop and they had the uh, Marvel superheroes role-playing game, <gasps> the box set, the, the advanced oh. one, not the, the yellow With box. all the character art and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that stuff on the front. Yeah, the it's characters were kind of running. Of the rules. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what it was. I, but I wanted it. I knew you, I knew you, I knew it was a game of some sort. And so I convinced my dad to buy it. And probably for like two months, um, I, I read it and had no idea what it was. I had like, <laughs> exactly I how my life was. I was like, oh I don't gosh. know what this is. I had no frame of reference for understanding what the hell this was. Right. And, um, cause I didn't know what D and D was. Or and it was probably written with the expectation that you'd already played D and D. Like, like uh, absolutely the, yeah well like the I, intro of like hey what are you doing it here it was just i just had no i had literally no frame of reference i just yeah. did not know what it wanted me to do and um uh and so it just so i did i just read it a lot though <laughs> and even though i didn't know what it was and then eventually an older kid came over and he had played role-playing games and so he ran it for me and he taught me how to do it and i um I will never forget, actually, this is probably a formative part of my childhood, a thing that is seared into my brain, is when I, the first, like, okay, so I'll back up. I was playing a villain who could control electricity, which was the coolest thing I could think of. That is the coolest It's so good. It's so good. And... First off, to start your, your gaming life as a villain, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. most <laughs> players do too, they don't think it. But they yeah. are because they're murder hobos. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. I want to be a villain. And yeah, it's good. Uh, well, because I thought just the fact that I could be a villain was pretty cool, right? Right. Like, that's cool. I'll be a villain. How yeah. amazing. I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. And so, and, I, and I'll never forget this is the thing that just sticks with me. I My character was robbing a jewelry store. And and this kid, <laughs> was, real. this kid who was running the game for me, he goes, he goes, like, well, what do you do? And I was like, well, what do you, what do you mean? What do I do? Like, yeah. do I roll some dice or something? I don't know. What, what, I don't know. What do you mean? What do I do? And he's like, no, just like, what do you do? Like, just tell me what you do. And so I thought about it and I was like, well, I guess I go and check to see if the door is locked. And he's like, okay. And so, and so he just, and so once I realized that I could just do whatever I wanted to do <laughs> and I, you know, it was, it was like this like light bulb moment for me. And like, and I remember this I is mean, awesome. It, at that moment. Yeah. At that moment, I was like, this is for me. Like, this is for me. Like, this is yeah. what I wanted. Uh, this is, this is it. Like this. Yeah. And, and that, that was, that was the childhood, my childhood for the rest of my childhood. Right. And um, I, I mostly spent those early years, uh, you know, statting out the Mega Man bosses and Marvel superheroes or whatever, but like yes. uh, with my yes. friends, you know, uh, yes. on the playground. But 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 eventually, I moved into Two E, moved into Palladium, moved into a little bit of Vampire as I got. Well, Two E was first though. Just one. Yeah, note that yeah, I know, I know. But you know what? You know what? You're the first. That. You're, I think you're one of the first here who didn't play World of Darkness or D and D first. You played Marvel. I, uh, That's I didn't, true. I didn't play. Uh, I didn't play first at D and D until uh, like pretty recent like maybe yeah. five or six oh, years ago like, yeah. that's <laughs> I, yeah i went I from tv and never went back yeah no so, yeah fair enough yeah. fair enough and so many people these days start with five and they have no concept of what yeah, two was yeah. like two was wild west yo i like there is i love two yeah. yeah there's nothing there hasn't been one like two yet i mean two i mean two has a lot of issues but like yeah. two was the big like the setting edition right yeah that was the one where the, like they had the big creative settings yeah they, yeah they had so many creators making mm -hmm. like you talk about how um, how your scene has lots of creators 
D&D 2E had so many creators yeah. making content. Well, that, that's that's when Dragon Magazine really took off. Yeah. Like, I mean, it existed Ugh. 20 times, but it... Don't talk to me about Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I still review those modules or those adventures, so... I'm yeah, I, on, on your podcast. show. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, the... But, like, yeah, 2E was badass. I love 2E. And, like, and, and what I think is so interesting about 2E, at least the way we played it, um, is we played it the way I play role-playing games now. Which is just like theater of the mind. Yes, like that's that's what I. That's the way we, we yeah. did not we play with maps. And we didn't things have maps. on the we board. We yeah. just played. Yeah. We didn't yeah. do any of that. We just yeah. like talked, you know. And so, um, yeah, I that was that's my gamer origin story. I have to tell you, role playing games have always always been there for me. You know, um, yeah. Like, or even just like my gauntlet formation story i moved into a new city didn't know anybody didn't wanted know to play anybody. interesting and games like, couldn't yeah. find people to yeah yeah but even when I was, I was a kid like i was a really i was a loser kid like i was very stop no, you're, oh, no man. you're you're with, you're with friends here on yeah, that i was one, a bully no kid worries. and like yeah. I, I was a loser oh, yeah. and like but i but this was the way i had that, friends that was back when nerds were bullied yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, like that's not the experience these days yeah this is how i found friends this is how i like made i had a social life like it was you know if I was the dungeon master, it was a way I could like, you know, I, you know, my dad was in service. We moved around a lot. So like, that oh, was yeah. my oh, way wow. of, like yeah. of like finding friends, you know, so right. yeah, role-playing games have kind of always been there. And so it's, um, it's exciting that I now get to do this. You know? it's, yeah. it's, it's like yeah. two things to kind of pull, like extract out of there, that, that moment of freedom, right? What do you do? And then it clicked for you. Like, oh, this is a place where I get to be free. This is a place where I yeah. get to explore and express mm-hmm. in a way that nothing else allows you to do that. Right. You know, I don't, I even playing outside with kids, like other kids, your age, like there are rules. There's a social structure. You're not sure. allowed to play yeah. with those kids. Mm-hmm. You're not cool enough. Right. Whereas here it's like, whatever it's make believe with these other people. And we are all bought in on the idea story. that I get to describe my story. Well, I think for me too, like I, I was already like a Nintendo kid at that point, you know, mm-hmm. by the time I discovered role playing games, I'd been playing Nintendo games sure. you know, for a few years. And like, and I remember always thinking, like, well, this is fun. I'm I'm really loving this, but I wish I wish my guy could go over here instead. Right. <laughs> you know, I wish at that big this. building over there. I want to yeah, just walk like, straight to it. Yeah. 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 And so role-playing games like 100 percent like offered that opportunity of like, well, yeah. now you can go do that thing, you know? Yeah. You don't have those limitations. And it kind of goes back to power of medium, right? Like it's it is it's the power of the medium. It's one of the yeah. powers of the medium. So, and it's yeah. one of those things that like role-playing there has role-playing has also been there for us, right? Like mm-hmm. you look at the pandemic, you look at trials mm-hmm. and, and tribulations prior like every time my life has been especially shitty gaming has been there mm-hmm. you know and like as part of my own discovery about myself i used gaming to do that because yeah. it gives you a place to you know don different hats and and explore scenarios that you right. a lot of times can't do safely right, right. like i yeah. can't i can't do like there's all kinds of stuff you can't do safely outside of role-playing and in role playing, you get to explore all these things in a private game right, or even on yeah. a streamed game if you wanted to. But like, mm-hmm. it's just there for you in, in, in an amazing way. And it's really I cool that your your first moment was this like, oh, now I get it. Now I get what this is. And now you're obsessed. Burned <laughs> into my memory. Like, it, I mean, I, I mean, it was like a, I mean, it's probably the single most formative thing in my childhood, right? Like, I mean, is that moment where I said, this is, I mean, in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, this is it. I'm yeah, and, this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and and <laughs> nine year old Jason, <laughs> right, yeah. nine year old Jason, looking at who you are today, mm-hmm. 
you've made gaming your life. Like I imagine this is your job now. This is the only thing it you is. Do. Yeah, this is my job, and I do think that nine year old nine year old Jason would have believed it. The nine year old Jason <laughs> would be like, well, yeah, of course that's what I'd be doing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> like, nine-year-old has no concept yeah, of limitations yeah, like, or rent. Yeah, nine-year-old Jason would have been like, "Well, yeah, of course." <laughs> like, it took um, me so long. Yeah, I yeah. I just made all the Mega Man Two bosses into a you know yeah <laughs> Marvel. Superior People should pay me for these like, Mega Man Two bosses. Older adult Jason probably definitely did not right. Like yeah. I mean, I I went I went to college. I I became an attorney. I got you know had a career. Did all that and like um and I actually honestly like it. It's not the kind of thing I would have. Um, I, I I think that like you know I had some like life stuff happen, health scare, and then the pandemic almost immediately after that was like oh, wow. that was like clarifying. You know, it's like maybe you should just do what makes you happy. The gauntlet makes you happy right now. You've got a nascent business going on, so why don't you just take it and grab it by the horns? go all in, do it. I have a business partner now, so that makes it easier. And we just get up every day and we hit it hard every single day. And um, and I love it. It's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I almost feel like almost every day there's this moment where it's like, well, what do you do? Yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm going to go do this thing that I want to go do. This is the thing that I love to do. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, Jason, this just feels so good. Thank you for being here. Are all emotional just, now? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Now we can end the show, Dave. Now this we're feels done. So good. I'm so glad. Now we, we're done. I'm glad 30, we took 40 this. minutes later. I'm, I'm so glad we took this aside because, yeah, like, yeah, this is one of those things that, like, you know, we asked that question because it's good for people to learn where you came from. And so, there's like this. Yeah. There's that joint. I, like, I, like, just identification. Like, oh, I, I, I see this because I. It's in my life too. You know, well, and I think like I think a lot of like because it's the nature of young people to be this way. I think a lot of like younger people resent when like older folk like us talk about our gaming origin story. You know, like they think we're trying to like capture some halcyon time or whatever. You know that they don't have access to or whatever bullshit. You know, and then there are bad people out there who say stupid things. Uh-huh. But like, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, like but oh, I you th- didn't go up when I go. Yeah, or but I know that's a totally different, totally different. Because yes, they have their origin story. And it's yeah. different and it's new and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like like, but but ours is still important. You know, yeah. like, totally, like, like yes. it's still worth talking about. And like, so I'm always happy to do it. I I because because honestly, like. I think that this hobby had just has so much to offer all people and it makes me very, very happy when now when someone finds my game and is like, wow, this is the first game I ever ran. I loved it. You know, it's like awesome. Like, I hope you're, I hope this is a ride you're going to take for the next 30 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Oh gosh. It's so good. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just really glad that we got to have this conversation um, and get to know you in this way and the stuff that you're doing. Thank you. Um, And so folks, Check out the Kickstarter. It's live now, probably when this episode goes live. Uh, if you were listening to this in arrears, right? Like, go find Brenda Wood Bay and all the stuff that Jason is up to, because it is a it is a fresh new take on like how to reimagine the medium and apply like things that we're used to seeing in other mediums, but here uh, in a in a much more refreshed way. Which is which. And we're not fans at all. No, yeah, we just we just we just keep playing his games, and now we get to finally actually talk to him, which is amazing. You should try uh, the between the between. Yes, oh yeah. yeah, that's that's like the, the next one now because we've done the yeah. dark, uh, or we've done yeah. trophy, trophy, or, yeah, or, or do some trophy. trophy. Yeah, do more trophy too. Yeah, trophy's yeah. great. That's not my game, but it's uh, but I was there for every step of it. So yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's good. Um, well, folks at home, uh, oh Jason, 
I almost forgot to ask you, how do people find you? Where do they oh, yeah. go? So I'm on Twitter at Jason Cordova six. Um, uh, we also have a gauntlet Twitter, which is at gauntlet RPG. That's the best yep. Twitter to follow. If you just want to know generally what we're up to, so. all the news, all the publications, yeah, I don't run that one, but it's, but it, it's got all of our info. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone at home, thanks a ton for listening. And as always have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. <laughs> I was on mute. I was like, you're just closing up so quick. Thanks for listening. If you like our style, please subscribe or rate, like the podcast within your app. It helps fellow listeners find us. We really appreciate it. So thank you. To join the community, you can find us on Twitter and Discord, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to get connected and join the fun. This episode is copyrighted by High Shelf Gaming LLC and is not cleared for broadcast or syndication without written approval. The music was provided by Lil Funky on YouTube and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. Take care, friends.